You know, money cannot buy happiness. True words were never spoken. We're no longer chasing the almighty dollar. Our ideals are higher than profit. Instead of the aristocracy of money, we have... The aristocracy of pull. I mean, now it's about influence, but you knew that already. <laughs> what I know is that you need to learn some manners. You ever doubted that money was the root of all evil? There's your proof. Oh, so you think money's the root of all evil? Have you ever asked yourself what's the root of money? Money's a tool that allows us to trade with one another. Your goods for mine. Your efforts for mine. The keystone of civilization. Having money's not the measure of a man. What matters is how he got it. If he produced it by creating value, then his money is a token of honor. Look who's talking about honor. But if he's taken it from those who produce, then there is no honor. And you're simply a looter. Senor Danconia, we all know that money is made by the strong at the expense of the weak. Hmm. What kind of strength are you talking about? The power to create value? Or the ability to manipulate? To extort money and backroom deals to exercise pull right. just leave okay. when money ceases to be the tool by which men deal with one another then men become the tools of men blood whips chains or dollars take your choice there is no other and your time is running out Welcome to the Bitcoin Noted podcast. Actually, no, it's the Noted Bitcoin podcast. I got that backwards. That's all right. We'll edit that out. <laughs> uh, I'm your co-host, Piero Shard, and my uh, co-host is Michael Goldstein, a.k.a. Bitstein. How's it going, man? Howdy, howdy. It's going well. And our other co-host today is Vortex, who has his own podcast, on the CryptoCast Network. Vortex, thanks for coming on. Hey guys, thanks for be letting me be here. Uh, I, I know it was a little bit of trouble getting on, but uh, it was definitely worth it. Uh, you guys have one of my favorite podcasts in the space, so really, really appreciate the, the time to come on. Yeah, so we wanted to have you on, first of all, because you are the inspiration for the Noted Bitcoin podcast. Uh, and also, you have an awesome workshop going on with Nicholas Dorier with uh, BTC Pay Server, C Sharp, uh, and getting uh, Bitcoin application developers up to speed on uh, what all they need to know. And I actually recently listened to you on the Stefan Levera podcast. So if you are listening to this podcast and you have not listened to the Stefan Levera podcast, hit the pause button, go subscribe. Uh, it was episode 19, The Bitcoin Ecosystem with Vortex. And your real name is Jeffrey? Uh, so the closest you guys are going to get to my real name is Jeffrey Jones. All right. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's about... Uh, no one knows my real name space, either, so yeah, it's Most okay. people refer to me as Vortex. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, and then the other podcast you were on is Bottom Shelf Bitcoin uh, with Josh, and that was episode 28. So once you're done with the Stefan Levera podcast or before... 
uh, go subscribe to Bottom Shelf Bitcoin and listen to Vortex on that one. Both are really uh, fantastic. Uh, both the episodes and just the podcast in general. And I've, I've been pleased just how many quality podcasts, um, not just including uh, us and the company here, uh, but just everyone's putting out so much great content. I feel like it's a new golden age, uh, you know, that we're experiencing here for podcasts. I really think it is uh, between you guys and, you know, just all of the, the ones you guys mentioned. I mean, Stefan Levera specifically these days is kind of really making us all look bad. He is kicking ass, putting out content all the time. So uh, really, really glad to, 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 to be a part of his podcast. That was a great time. And yeah, listen, listen to what these guys say, man. Go out, po- pause this show now and go out and check out those podcasts. There's those and, and many, many more. Uh, and even specifically just in the Bitcoin space alone, uh, there is just a, a magic amount of podcasts right now i'm really uh finding it hard to keep up with everybody stefan does this really interesting thing called preparation <laughs> very interesting concept um and I, I have been impressed by it yeah agreed he he will uh create a google doc and have like a page of notes and questions and he'll send it to his guests so that they can prepare and that's like the diametric opposite of of what we do and Frankly, I think that it results in a higher quality show. So <laughs> honestly, just go ahead and unsubscribe from the Noted podcast <laughs> and just subscribe to Stefan Laveras. I mean, you'll, higher, hear, you'll uh, eventually hear Pierre and I both multiple times on there anyway. So yeah. Uh, so this this the Noted podcast is just all about noise. Uh, Stefan's is about signal. Although we're supposed to be feuding with him, so I don't think that we should be complimenting him so much. <laughs> feuding? You guys are feuding with, with Stefan? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, there's no way, better way to get listeners than to have a feud. And so just like in pro wrestling, we wanted to concoct a fake feud, uh, but it's not going really well, as you can tell. <laughs> it's, we like each other epic. too much. We need to get some more... Yeah, we need to get some more social media attention on this, guys. Come on, ha- hashtag Pierre, hashtag Noted versus Stefan. Come on. The thing is, are we really going to be able to compete with Australian bands? No, I don't that, think so. That's a good question. That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, yeah it's true. Uh, Stefan plus Stefan is on Australia, like you say. So he's, a, he's, he's ahead of us in time as well. So he knows what's going to happen first. <laughs> that's true. I don't know why the Australians are not like much wealthier than we are since they know where all the prices are going to go like a day ahead. Exactly. All right. There's so, the first uh, shot fired. <laughs> uh, enough talking about other podcasts. <laughs> um, so let's talk about your podcast, Vortex. I know you, you talked about this in, in uh, the uh, other podcasts, but uh, kind of give our audience uh, your, your background and uh, how you found out about Bitcoin and how you ended up starting your own media empire. <laughs> media empire might be a strong word but uh you know definitely uh, again guys just really want to thank you for having me on uh the podcast and you know it's great for you to a- ask me even the same questions that other people ask me because you know you'll always get a slightly different answer when it depending on the show right depending on who's asking you know it really affects uh, uh the person speaking especially since everything i say is not prepared unlike stefan right just like you guys we we wing everything so it's not uh, not even a problem you'll probably get a different answer from me but uh it should be a, it should be a good time no uh i think that uh um, um, personally, I, I really 
enjoyed uh, educating the community over these past couple of years. I, I really uh, started in Bitcoin uh, back in 2012 is when I first heard about it. But, you know, like everybody else, I just I threw that shit away, man. Just that, that, that no way that was going to be possible. Just like everybody th- thinking it was, you know, wor- a World of Warcraft money, what have you. Uh, insert crazy meme here. Uh, insert internet, uh, magical internet money here, <laughs> basically. But uh, like everybody else, you know, uh, I, I stayed a little bit. I, I The price kept rising. It kept piquing my interest. And then, of course, the Silk Road article came out from Gawker. And, uh, you know, after that, I was I was all in because I, 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 I truly didn't think that it was possible to have a censorship-resistant money. Like, I didn't think it was physically possible. And then to see the Silk Road uh, starting to thrive with Bitcoin in the early days there, you know, 2012, uh, 2013, it was just absolutely fascinating and amazing. There was actually a huge uh, pro-freedom uh, you know, Austrian economic community actually uh, back in the Silk Road days on the forums and things like that. But, you know, um, you know, Bitcoin continues to mature and continues to get, uh, you know, more and more utility. And so uh, I just kept learning about it, kept learning about it. And eventually I started uh, doing a podcast about it uh, over there on the World Crypto Network. I've been there for about two and a half years and just recently uh, ventured into my very own uh, YouTube channel. And that is uh, called the CryptoCast Network. I essentially kind of forked uh, the World Crypto Network there and uh, created, created my own thing because, you know, I wanted to do something a little bit more technical. Uh, I, I don't. I didn't really want to have so many daily shows. I kind of just wanted to have, you know, what I thought uh, would be a great podcast network. And so just wanted a little bit more creative uh, freedom. And I think that I had uh, some great ideas to, to bring to bear. So I, I decided to go ahead and do that. And that's been going pretty well. We got over like a thousand subscribers in the first couple of weeks. And we're continuing uh, having a great time over there. And, you know, it, it, I really tried to make it uh, community supported and, and so that we can... Um, you know, have this kind of bottom-up approach, this grassroots approach to make sure that we continue covering what's important to the community, not what's important to VCs or investors, uh, you know, because at the end of the day, uh, my network is just really not about making people money. That's just not why I'm in the space, and I don't think that's why you guys are in the space. You know, we're in the space for something much more, uh, much more important, much more high level. And so for that, for those reasons, you know, I, I decided um, to, to have a, to start my own YouTube channel and, and focus really on, on what the community wants to to hear about. And like you guys, just try to really have a lot more signal than noise. You know, only try to put out what we feel is quality content and really um, just try to get the information to the listeners because that's what it's really important in our space right now with all the scammers, with all the craziness, with the ICOs. You know, you guys do a fantastic job of both with your show and Twitter to, to educate people on the fundamentals of why Bitcoin is important, why sound money is important, uh, why sound money is important, why we're all here in the first place. You know, and I do a little bit of trolling, you know, with my Twitter account trying to only follow the Federal Reserve a little bit like Snowden, you know, to try to bring attention to what I think, you know, needs to be understood here, to bring attention to what I think is really, really wrong uh, with with our society, with our uh, banking system. And of course, that is, you know, central banking, the central banking regime and the central banking cartel. So that's what I'm here to change and fix and and hopefully, uh, you know, have a good time while I'm doing it. Awesome. And do you want to uh, fill in the audience on on the technical side, what you're doing with uh, Nicholas Doria? Sure. So yeah, that's another project. So my, my main two projects that I'm focusing on right now is the the YouTube channel, the, the CryptoCast Network, and uh, this this workshop. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about that. So uh, this workshop is um, uh, taught by both myself and the creator of the N Bitcoin Library, uh, Nicola Doye. And I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. You know, it's, it's it, it, the English version is like Nicholas, and you know everybody has their own way of pronouncing it. Actually, at this point, but that this is how he instructed me to pretty much pronounce it. So I try my best, and I know I'm not getting it right, but. Mr. Nicola Doye, you know, he's a great open source developer in, in the Bitcoin community, specifically uh, around C Sharp 
uh, development. And so uh, really, I had a C-sharp background as well. I'm a software developer. I've been a software developer now for about 15 years, specifically web application development, C-sharp kind of stuff. Uh, you know, more recently getting into the Angular and React type of frameworks, but really just kind of stick, sticking with C-sharp for the most part uh, and .NET. And, and really, I think that there's a huge, huge amount of C-sharp developers out there because C-sharp really is, you know, continuously uh, coming in as the top in the top five languages of usability and of what developers really prefer. So, you know, and uh, it really is a great open source uh, .NET library, or sorry, a great open source library uh, and cross-platform now, you know, since Microsoft open sourced it and made it cross-platform uh, with .NET Core. Uh, I really think it's a great platform to begin building uh, C-sharp applications on, you know, that, that have to do with Bitcoin, Bitcoin applications. And so uh, what this course is focused on is getting C-sharp developers into Bitcoin, is teaching C-sharp developers the fundamentals of why Bitcoin is important uh, philosophically, but also technically, uh, and why, um, you know, what you can do with it. So we, we go all the way to the proof of work level, talking about full nodes and, and all this great stuff uh, before we even really start off with 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 the hardcore programming things. And so um, you know, it's, it's really not for... Um, experienced developers, you really, we only require maybe six months to a year, just a novice C-sharp developer, because we're not really working with too much complexity when it comes to C-sharp itself. We're mostly just working with the end Bitcoin library, you know, to interact with Bitcoin directly. So uh, that is a, a, a course that I think is really important for the community, for the ecosystem to get more application developers working with Bitcoin to get more developers working with Bitcoin. And we're trying to take that around the country right now. We're trying to go to San Francisco and, and uh, Seattle next after that. Uh, we just recently finished our first one over here in Las Vegas, Nevada, and that was a great, great time. Uh, everybody had a good time. And uh, so we had a lot of positive feedback from that. And uh, yeah, I'm just continuously excited about uh, the ecosystem and I'm really excited about bringing um, th this information to bear for both re you know regular uh, people because this affects everybody, but and developers as well. And so you know, with with the YouTube uh, channel and the programming workshop, I'm hoping that I can just kind of <laughs> kind of bring as much attention and awareness to Bitcoin as as I possibly can. Excellent. What um, as a C sharp developer, would you say there's uh, specific types of applications that uh, C sharp is especially suited for uh, with regards to Bitcoin applications? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, C Sharp is just so versatile. You know, it's used in just everything, just every sector, every business, everything you can think of. Um, it is a higher level language, right? So it's not like your C++ where you want to do really, really low level uh, kind of stuff. Um, it's really more meant for application development on top of the OS. You know, that's what it really, really is. And C++ is, is, is great and it's great for, for more complex situations and again, higher throughput stuff. But really C Sharp, it's great for... Uh, Proof of concepting, it's great for businesses because you can put up things really, really fast. Uh, it is a fast language and now it's cross-platform. Uh, so at this point, you know, it, it's... Um if you look at the latest version of Visual Studio, for example, you know, when you open a new project, I mean, they have it all laid out. I mean, do you want to create a mobile application? Do you want to create a cross-platform application? Do you want to create a web application, a desktop app? Just, you know, almost anything you can really think of at this point, uh, C-Sharp can do because the language is just so mature at this point. And now uh, that Microsoft has kind of uh, almost rebooted it into this something called .NET Core, which is, again, this open source cross-platform version uh, of C-Sharp and .NET. I think that it can, it's going to continue to get even more powerful because more more people can use it. So I think at this point, like the C-sharp library, I mean, it has as much open source uh, commitments on it as something like Angular. It really is getting up there uh, as far as the community is concerned. I've been really impressed with uh, how Microsoft has moved in this open source direction. So hearing this is, is fantastic. And I, I honestly, I mean, I've, I've known about C-sharp for a long time, especially among uh, friends who like to work on gaming applications. Um, 
but my absolutely i didn't even mention the gaming i forgot we got unity right the entire unity engine that's all c sharp and people are just loving that uh creating all sorts of games again for cross-platform right for mobile games web games what what have you it's beautiful yeah and uh so as far as bitcoin goes uh, you know i was i i was not aware of n bitcoin at all but a wonderful piece of software was uh given to us by nicholas uh btc pay server um, and for that alone, I am so grateful for C Sharp being, you know, in existence. Absolutely. I mean, and all of the BTC Pay server is built on NBitcoin, you know, specifically mostly NB Explorer, uh, which again, of course, is built on NBitcoin. But really, uh, Nicola has a kind of suite of, of uh, backend applications to help power BTC Pay Server, and one of those is the library itself and Bitcoin, and then uh, the application NB Explorer, which is like a block explorer essentially, uh, to be able to make sure that you're always plugged in with your full node to be able to see when uh, transactions um, have actually been cleared and things like that. So yeah, it's very very powerful. People, the the BTC Pay Server itself um, is, is start start starting to really blow up in the community. There's more and more people using it, more and more celebrities even. People like Cody Wilson, you know, are starting to really use it. And so it's really kind of gaining a following. The the, the Slack chat is actually like a pretty big community these days. There's a lot of people. I know you guys are in there. Uh, there's a lot of people that are coming in there uh, asking questions. We had, you know, um, uh, Peter Todd come in there uh, a couple months ago. And then just recently we had Jamison Lopp come in there. So, you know, more and more people are starting to get curious about this. And I think that's really, really great because again, you know, the motives are there. It's all open source. It's all pro-freedom, you know, pro-choice this is um the the mantra of of bitcoin, of bitcoin is to don't, don't trust verify right so this is what this software is is designed around this type of ethos and so i'm just really i couldn't be happier to have nicola um be not just a member of the open source community and, and be working with bitcoin but to to really take time out of his day and and help with this course and help educate developers it's you know he's he's over there in japan and so he has to fly all all, all the way over here and so that takes time and we're just really we couldn't be more thankful for him to help us out with that and and again just in the slack chat he's helping people like crazy i don't know how he finds the damn time to help all of these people plus work on in bitcoin plus work on btc pay server plus put out amazing threats against eric like threatening to create an open source version of shapeshift it's getting started it started to get a little crazy so uh you know i don't want to get ramble on too long but really um um you got i really encourage your listeners to go and check out the slack it's completely free uh check out in bitcoin the library it is the most in my opinion extensive library out there i mean this is completely up to date with all the latest bips i mean we got segwit in there and everything it's it's and like i say nicola just continues to update it so um I, i've been really really happy with it and i hope that your listeners can get a chance to check it out yeah and the i, I want to get into uh what started btc pay server um but i also wanted to mention some, you know before we tell that story uh <laughs> i worked at bipay for about a year uh like in 2014 and btc pay server has a better backend than BitPay does, or at least did when I was there. Like for just the database they use, like BTC Pay Server uses Postgres. Uh, BitPay uses MongoDB. It's like, why are you using a document storage for a financial application that's not fit for purpose at all? Uh, and then, you know, everything from that was utter crap. Why uh, is Coinbase using AWS? Yeah. Nobody knows, dude. Nobody knows. It's because well, they're building these freaking things overnight with like, you know, just uh, mid-level develop, mid-tier developers, uh, not building them for financial security, like like real, real robustness. It's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. So I, I hope that you, people who are listening don't, um, especially, I mean, developers who are listening, if you are familiar with object-oriented 
design patterns or programming languages like Python or like C++ or Java, especially, um, and you don't know C Sharp, like you can learn C Sharp in a few days enough to be able to take this workshop. Like, I, I don't think that you're going to be going into the specific idioms of C Sharp. Absolutely not. Yeah, it's it's really basic stuff. You know, the standard stuff that's in every language, ifs, for loops, we're not doing anything crazy. Really, the most thing I guess you could say that we're doing that's crazy with C-sharp specific stuff is link, right? Just using link to, you know, to be able to uh, easily traverse through data objects and things like that. But it's, um, it's really, really not complicated. And I really recommend to everybody, I even have a link on the site itself on the programmingwithbitcoin.com website. I have a link to learncs.org, which is a great website for anybody to, that wants to learn C-sharp fast. You can learn right in the browser. They have a compiler right in the browser where you can just run your code and execute your code and see the results and see the output. So right there in real time. So uh, it's just getting easier and easier to learn anything these days with YouTube and everything in these tutorials. But yeah, if you're a developer, I mean, you can learn C Sharp in a weekend, especially with what you need to uh, know to take this course. Yeah, I, I had my hand at C Sharp when I was writing an Excel plugin. Uh, and that was actually a really good developer experience because Microsoft controls Excel. They control C sharp and they control Visual Studio, so everything just worked together. Whereas, like when I'm banging my head against like Python and all of the deployment and all of this stuff, it's uh, it's always a pain. But uh, it's true. I definitely feel your pain, man. Because you know, before I found. Uh, you know, C Sharp .net. I was just messing with PHP and an ASP, and you know, it really was a bit of a nightmare. It was crazy. But then Visual Studio came along with .net, and uh, uh, you know, uh, .net 2.0 specifically is when it was when I, when I started getting into the C Sharp and Visual Studio. And the tools are just so harmonious. They work well. The entire ecosystem from their testing suite. You know, it's all built in Visual built into Visual Studio, as you say. The testing suite. You know, um, the the optimization suite. Uh, the uh, the data. The going through your data and of course, the front end, the back end, it's all there in Visual Studio. So it really makes for a great developer experience. Like I say, C Sharp is continuously hits those top five it, when, uh, languages every single year from, from people who do these polls and do these studies across businesses across the world. C Sharp continues to go up, uh, be high up in there in the top five for languages that people both use and love. It really is a, a great development experience. Yeah, and so I, I hope that your workshop results in like a 10x number of contributors to BCC Pay Server. <laughs> Uh, because that is a fantastic piece of software. I've been it's so easy it. to deploy. Mm -hmm. You can just uh, deploy to Azure, and it, I found it to be like a pretty seamless experience. And you can have you know your own domain name, uh, and everything is just like all set up for you. Um, now, granted, like there's there's areas where it, you, there's things to be improved. So there's opportunities for C sharp contributors to to come in and uh, help Nicola out. Uh, and that's that's awesome. And there's also just like more and more things being built. Like he added Lightning right to uh, to BTC Pay Server, and that's just going to continue to get iterated on and improve as well. Absolutely. I mean, he continues. Like I say, I mean, <laughs> this guy doesn't sleep or something. But uh, no, he also has other contributors too that that see the passion. They they, they see Nicola's passion. They see the work that he's doing. They see that people using his software, and they're like, I want in. 
the, the, the guy attracts talent. Um, he attracts intelligent people. He attracts a community. And this is what I'm seeing. Uh, you know, I, that's the first time, you know, I was, uh, this is how I met Nick. I, I needed, I had some questions for Nick. I was implementing uh, something to, uh, not BTC, P, P, uh, PTC pay server specifically, but I was implementing a, a derivation method uh, using C Sharp and using Bitcoin for a client. And I asked Nick a couple of questions and, you know, he was right there. Like within five minutes, he answered my DM. I couldn't believe it. And he's like, yeah, we'll come into the Slack. And uh, so I went into the Slack and again, answered my questions right away. And so that was my first experience with Nicola is having him help me within just a few minutes of me asking him and having him like care that like it worked. He asked me like afterwards, hey, did that work? Uh, you know, he actually cared. And so that I think that was that was really, really great. And, you know, this week I'm actually trying to uh, do a bit of BTC pay server promotion and uh, trying to every day um, um, sh share out a new part of their recently created tutorial series because they have a now a, a new video and uh both a video tutorial series and an actual uh, regular text tutorial series that work hand in hand together this was created by one of the contributors uh B bitcoin t-shirt uh and, and it's really really great um uh, he, he has it all lined out uh, completely easy you know completely user friendly completely stupid proof idiot proof you guys uh, I highly encourage your users to at least uh, your your listeners to at least check out that tutorial because it's really really encapsulates everything from beginning to the end you don't have to know anything other than reading this tutorial yeah and when you're done with that tutorial you'll know how to set up an e-commerce store uh, that accepts Bitcoin both uh, on chain and lightning payments and that's just fantastic for people who might not want to have to deal with fiat for whatever reason um, and who want to self-host everything and really uh, take take control of their financial sovereignty and sell things online. Yeah, we were talking a bit before the show about going back to Web 1.0. I mean, this is this is what BTC Pay Server allows you to do, right? This allows you to uh, to self-host everything. But in addition to that, there's actually hosting providers coming online that um, will host it for you. Uh, so you can make sure. So if you'd like, you know, if you don't have a developer on hand and uh, you want to still use BTC Pay Server, you can. You can still uh, go to a hosting provider and sign up with them and use it that way because then because uh, that way you still control your private key. You still control your funds. BTC Pay Server allows you to uh, interact with your hardware wallet so that you so that the private keys are always in your control so you even if you're not a developer you can still take advantage of, of using this software for your um for, for your website you know it's got a woocommerce plugin and all that good stuff so it's got plugins for all the major um, um uh, cms's out there all the major website platforms out there so it really makes things easy and now like you say pierre they're they're integrating lightning payments in there and now they have a pay button that you can just you don't even if, you can just literally type in a couple lines of text a price and just hit click a button and copy and paste that uh embedding code into your website and have a button that way they just continuously making uh, more and more uh, improvements and making it easier for the average user even in addition to the developer uh, to work with this software yeah other other hosted solutions uh you know third party trusted solutions like Coinbase Commerce also let you kind of have your own keys. Um, but for one, it's, as far as I know, not integrated with a hardware wallet, which I think is a, it's a very, very useful uh, thing to have. Um, there's not a, a little more peace of mind than some of these sort of uh, half-baked um, crypto generators that some of these services use. Um, which, by the way, the, the ledger integration on BTC Pay server is really fantastic. But um, you know, Coinbase, you know, for instance, has been known to kick people off their platform. So you get to keep your money, but uh, you're left without that that gateway. Um, and so being able to self-host, it doesn't matter. 
um, as long as, I mean, hof hopefully we won't have troubles uh, with domain names, but I'm sure we'll find a solution for that if that becomes more of a problem. Uh, but that's really all that stands between you and accepting money directly to your wallet from another person's wallet anywhere around the world online. Absolutely powerful. Just, just, and I, I can't. Um, you know, it's magical. It's so powerful that it's magical. The ability to be able to download this open source software from anywhere in the world and start accepting Bitcoin. That is, you know, this is the future, and this is uh, what more and more people around the world are going to start taking advantage of because people are sick of the traditional rails. They're sick of the traditional financial system built on freaking seventies technology, mainframe technology. I mean, Swift literally works by you uploading FTP files to their FTP server. It's so bad, guys. This is the future. Bitcoin is the future. Now with Lightning, you know, as we were talking about here, now with Lightning, we have a, a method of payment that we can throw on top of uh, Bitcoin as well that has order of magnitude more capabilities than anything that we've seen in the traditional financial system. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I want to get into the birth of BTC Pay server. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you remember uh, the origin story. I'm sure you do. Oh, you know I do, Pierre. You know I do. Let's get into it. No, go ahead. I, I want oh, okay. to hear from oh. you, Vortex. Well, You're the guest articulate. here. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let, just so your viewers are aware, you guys were absolutely uh, paramount in, you know, in, in this in the fight that we had last year, with which is the, the origins of BTC Pay Server. You know, you guys, along with a bunch of other people and myself, you know, we were we had a pretty big war last year. So uh, essentially last year, there, there was uh, the big scaling debate, the, the ending. Well, it actually ended last year, but uh, last year was the culmination of years of back and forth between this large scaling debate. And there were some companies in this scaling debate that didn't really agree with what the community sort of decided or the community wanted. And so there was a number of companies that didn't agree with this. In fact, uh, Eric Voorhees was one of them. He was one of the people that were backing this new version of Bitcoin. So essentially what they tried to do is they tried to fork Bitcoin. They tried to create their own version of Bitcoin, something called Segwit2x. And uh, one of the companies, BitPay, uh, wanted to wanted wanted to support this. They were totally behind this this new uh, firing of the core developers, quote unquote, as they they like to call it out there. Of course, which is something in, which is completely impossible since all the developers are completely self sovereign and voluntary. But you know, this is what this is, was the thinking of some of these big companies. This is how they think. They think top down, and so they don't quite understand free open source development. And so uh, a company named BitPay, they started. Uh, they did a number of things, but we'll just start with the basics. We'll just start with the easiest stuff. I mean, basically what they did is they supported the Segwit2x upgrade. They supported um, the move, movement of the traditional Bitcoin repo at, you know, Bitcoin, uh, github.com slash Bitcoin slash Bitcoin. They wanted to change that to their own uh, repo, to their own code. And so essentially, you know, the community, that didn't sit well with the community. That didn't sit well with a lot of the people that are uh, into Bitcoin, both the developers, the community, you know, uh, the, the, the contributors from all around the world. There was a lot of people that were upset with this. And so uh, Nicola was one of those people that were upset with this, um, with them going ahead and, you know, doing a number of things like i said first they, they started supporting this new version of bitcoin and then they started uh sending emails uh, to their customers just with just almost complete all-out lies about this segwit 2x upgrade telling them that this is needed that they're going to do this and they're going to support it and they have the whole industry support and everything's going to be fine just one thing after another and so you know that did not sit well with a particular developer named nicola doye he actually on twitter uh threatened bitpay to say you know what you know i'm uh you guys are you guys are letting us down you guys are lying you guys are no longer competent so i'm going to essentially you know fork you and create an open source alternative 
to what you guys are doing. I have, his, this is, I have this is, his tweet in front of me, and I think it, it, it does need to be read verbatim because it's just a, a beautiful please, moment please, please in Bitcoin it, history. He just please says, read it, yes. uh, this is lies. My trust in you is broken. I will make you obsolete. And this is, you know, this is how this is how we think. This is how adversarial thinking works. This is how developers who want to have their own sound money, who are want sovereignty over their sound money, think. They will not bow down to a company, especially when they're lying to them straight out. BitPay lied to their customers. They lied to their investors. They lied to the community. And the community was not going to stand for it. So people like Nikola, you know, the, the, there's people like Nikola out there with the means to create alternatives, and they did. And so what's, that's what Nikola did. He created this alternative to BitPay called BTC Pay Server, and he did it in a matter of weeks. And this is something that every large business needs to be aware of, that you can be essentially outcompeted by open source if you cross the community, if you cross people that use your software and you think that you're all in my, all almighty, that no problem, you can just do whatever you want to your customers, think again because this is the internet. And in the internet, coders thrive. And, and, you know, and especially with cryptography, cypherpunks write code. There is no way around it. If you try, you know, there's nothing that can be put back into the box. And so unfortunately, BitPay didn't quite understand this uh they definitely didn't understand the implications of, of segwit2x as we later learned that it would have completely stopped bitcoin for the first time it would have literally stopped the chain and so that that is something that you know, we were we, uh, as developers are always worried about always worried about backwards compatibility security stability and uh the, the Changes traditionally in Bitcoin take years, at least months and months, sometimes years to get in for good reason, to make sure that it has peer review, to make sure that everybody th understands that this is correct. This is this has been tested. This is proven. Okay, this is this is a, a, a viable path forward. And, uh, you know, that's pretty much the, the genesis of BTC Pay Server. They they simply did not want to uh, take the lies that these these some of these larger centralized companies like BitPay were telling them. Yeah, and I think that it highlights a, a, a property of Bitcoin, which is its anti-fragility. But the people will use that phrase and they forget that it relies on actual human beings doing things. Like it's not like an intrinsic property of Bitcoin that, oh, you know, Bitcoin routes around, uh, you know, centralized third parties or whatever. Uh, no, there's, there's actual individuals who take action uh, based on their beliefs ab about Bitcoin. And so that's, I, you got to commend people like Nikola who um, not only see wrong, but then go and take direct action to fix it. That was really impressive when he, he did that. And uh, I, I, so the BTC pay server is an API uh, compatible um copy of BitPay essentially where uh, all of the API endpoints for BTC Pay server are, behave the same way as the BitPay uh, ones so that it's a drop-in replacement for people who were previously locked into the BitPay platform. Uh, and I thought that it was just like a, a really clever way of competing with BitPay, which is to um, embrace and then extend and finally he will uh, make them indeed uh you know extinct and uh no longer relevant to bitcoin absolutely i mean quite absolute. honestly i think he already has i think i, I think yeah. you could already I mean, say yeah. that BitPay is obsolete because it looks like such a a silly option in comparison to btc pay server now that it exists 
Um, yeah, they're already miles ahead, you know, in technology with lightning and everything. They're already light years ahead. So now, I mean, before it was okay, A or B. Now there's no no comparison. Yeah, BTC Pay server is better. And if you want fiat, you can do BTC Pay server and then like sign up on an exchange and dump your bitcoins for fiat. Like you don't need to use BitPay to get fiat for your uh, you know merchant payments. Yeah, or I mean, you're probably using WooCommerce uh, if you're using a you know WordPress site with a BTC Pay server, and with that, you can easily drop in Stripe or you know many other fiat options. There's obviously tons of fiat options already, but um, now there's the one true uh, sort of Bitcoin option people can use. Yeah, there, there really is a ton of uh, fiat, uh, cr cryptocurrency merchants out there these days. And, you know, they, uh, only very few support Lightning. So, you know, BTC Pay Server is ahead of that game. So if you really want to have a self-hosted solution and don't want to use a, you know, a third-party merchant processor, uh, this is the great way to do it. Now, of course, it is only crypto right now, right? But, but he does have plans. To, to integrate a fiat option in the future through exchanges and use the exchange as sort of the bank, sort of the uh, the way to get fiat in and out of there, like provide an API directly for the exchange to interact with uh, the BTC Pay server so that you can, in fact, even now have a completely, you know, um, uh, decentralized fiat solution as well to the point to where it's decentralized to where, you know, you can go, you can choose which exchange you want to go to and uh, nobody can, can really shut you down. And if they do, you can just go to a different exchange. You know, you really have the option at that point. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so I, I'm glad I'm glad we covered uh, that little bit of history for our listeners who were not around in uh, October, November last year. And I can't believe we're already coming up on an, uh, a year ago now uh, of of this whole Segwit2x debacle. It's amazing how far we've come in just a year. I mean, unbelievable. Like last year, we were worried about Bitcoin even surviving. And now, uh, you know, we have Lightning that's already in, uh, in beta. It's past alpha state now. I mean, Lightning is in beta state now. And I think I fully uh, believe that it's going to be completely uh, permeated through the ecosystem by the end of next year, uh, within the next 18 months or so. So, uh, yeah, it's we've come a long ways. Bitcoins, in my opinion, the fundamentals of Bitcoin have never ever been stronger than they are right now we have uh everything we have all of these wheels turning with financialization development uh you know regulations are even becoming more and more in favor so it just bitcoin has a huge huge tailwind and uh there's really not much that can slow it down right now of course the price is determined by the day-to-day -day, you know traders but you can't even flesh that out by just worrying about averages just looking just look at the 200 day you know average just look at something like the mayor multiple and to get a better grasp you know maybe the nvt ratio so you can understand that you know uh, where we are in space and time with bitcoin we are almost at the moon already i mean we are this would have been past the moon back in 2013 at current price levels we, we are beyond the moon you know and so and, and things just continue to get uh to get better and better and better i still yeah. haven't gotten tired of winning seriously because people think like people think six thousand dollars is a, a low price it's ridiculous. It's mind-boggling to me. It's mind-boggling. Mind mind Again, you, there's been a bunch of memes about it, right, that shows, yeah. like, you know, the 20000 the 6000 and uh, how people were so excited about last year for the 6000 and now they're all sad about it. But, you know, this is this is all cured with time. This is all cured eventually with time. The market learns. The market gets a little bit smarter. And, you know, uh, this is where we are. And I really think that... Um, with the next bull run, we're going to sort of repeat a bunch of these cycles. We're going to have another parabolic rally, another parabolic blow off. People are going to get upset that we're only at 50,000 and it's going to continue to repeat. It's going to crash all the way down to 25,000. We're going to hear about how 25,000 is so low. It's horrible, man. Only 25,000. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs>
Yeah, and uh, you know, in terms of the the competition for Bitcoin, it's interesting. Uh, I was looking. There's a pull request to add Ethereum to BTC Pay server, and basically, uh, it's it's so hard to sync an Ethereum node that they're going to essentially create a an Ethereum integration that's not trustless. So you're not running your own node, uh, and that way you can receive ethers um and i was asking i was asking this guy like hey is there does the ethereum ecosystem have a a, their own version of btc pay server like what and he's like oh yeah check out uh yada yada and i go on their website it's a fucking ico it's like it's like yeah we did this ico for this like merchant payments thing and so you use our token to send ethers so it's like what? What is the matter with you people? Like, get a grip, Dude, Jesus! Don't you understand? It's 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 the fat protocol, man. We need millions and millions and millions of tokens. <laughs> Turdemister <laughs> had to, to a, get out of bed. Uh, Turdemister had a tweet today as, uh, from a developer source. Every company running an Ethereum node I've talked to in the past few months have reported constant problems with keeping the tip synced. One company said they have one guy completely devoted to handling the roughly three fires per week that come up with their geth node. Three per week. I mean, that's just unheard of for a developer. I mean, we're used to dealing with like one a month. Like if, you, if you're if you a proper developer and you have a proper system that you've properly secured, there's just, just to think of three fires a week. Uh, just imagine if you're working with a traditional database. Imagine your database going down three times per week. That is ludicrous dude that's just it's, that's non-functional that is not functional at all and so uh this is what i maintain to continue you know i continue to maintain with ethereum uh that their their system is just simply not scalable i mean they're going to do all sorts of interesting things with with uh with sharding and things like that and maybe going to proof of stake but again that doesn't mean that it's going to be scalable that just means that they're going to further add another band-aid and another band-aid and another band-aid none of this gets you to order of magnitude scaling none of it and so uh and when you try you're just going to be running through the centralized inferior node system anyway. I mean, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. If, you, if you're not paying for a node service and you're an Ethereum developer, um, I don't believe it. Like, I don't believe that you're running your own Ethereum node. You'd have to prove that to me with like some kind of photograph to, that you're actually running your own node because the last time I tried to stick Ethereum node, like it, it took, you know, it was ridiculous. It, 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 weeks went by. Weeks went by and it wasn't fully done. So it's it's completely centralized and it's at this point um, become, becoming completely non-functional. Yeah, BTC Pay Server did a really good job for me uh, just showing how much superior uh, Bitcoin is to pretty much everything when it comes to infrastructure because, you know, I was able to spin that thing. I, I was I, I was expecting, I was like, okay, I'm going to give myself a day to get this thing all set up and then 10 minutes later, I was like, oh, I'm done. Um, and... You know, for for one of the projects that I was I was working with BTC Pay Server on, I was I was hoping for you know maybe some uh, you know Bitcoin Cash integration and stuff like that because it would it would have been nice to you know take money off people's hands. Um, and I quickly realized like, well, first of all, you know, there's so much work to be done that you know no one has time to just integrate Bitcoin Cash into BTC Pay Server. That's on uh, the Bitcoin Cash people to take care of, um, but. When you look at BTC Pay Server and how you have this drop-in solution versus pretty much every uh, recommended solution in the Bitcoin Cash space is a trusted third party. At best, you can get Coinbase Commerce, and they'll you know you get to have your own keys. Um, but they actually they they love BitPay 
so you know they you know i guess it comes with the not caring about running your full node uh you also just don't care about so many other um issues with trusted third parties and um just to see that you know bitcoin you know people rail at us uh for for suggesting that people hodl but man i'm i'm always excited about payments technology because we need all of this integrated you know even if people don't spend now they are going to spend in the future and we want all of this built uh for when people are ready and uh, bitcoin is just light years ahead of everyone on all of these fronts it's all rainbows and, and, and unicorns over there in Ethereum. It's all rainbows and unicorns, guys. We can't sync our nodes, okay? Uh, we're, the, the value is getting completely depleted. ICOs are selling everything they have, but guys, the, we're going to have another altcoin cycle, right? In another couple of years. It's going to be great. Everything's going to be fine in a couple of years. It's, it's just crazy some of these multi-coiner uh, uh, theories and theses that people put out and believe. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really easy to get bamboozled and get baffled by all this crazy stuff and all this crazy technology. It's just too easy to just hodl Bitcoin, it's too easy. It's it's people want easy solutions, uh, but then when when they present themselves, uh, they just don't they don't buy it. They don't like it. They don't want it. They want to go through a process. They want to go through all of these crazy things. It's you know this, I don't want to get too far off base, but it's same with spirituality. You know people are like looking. They're like looking. What can I do to to better myself? What can I do to better myself? And it's like all you have to do is to calm down a little bit. You know the first freaking step of enlightenment is to lighten up. Lighten up a bit, people. Like, you just realize that, you know, you have food, you have, you probably have access to food and water, so everything else is okay. You're okay in this moment. You know, relax a little bit, uh, but then people, they just, they don't want that formula. No, they need to have books this thick. They need to have processes that they do every day to, you know, to, like, go through, and, and it's just getting to ridiculousness. And so, uh, that's all you have to do, folks. You just buy Bitcoin and hodl it, and that's it. That That is the recommended uh, process to, to better yourself uh, with Bitcoin. And, of course, people like, uh, you know, uh, Vinny Lingham and other people, like, they say, look, it, it, sure, if you don't have access to all this amazing deal flow, then, yeah, Bitcoin is better. So, what they're basically telling you is that if you're a pleb, then, uh, you know, then you can't hang out with us, you know, and it's just, just, it's just insanity. Yet, meanwhile, all of their, their coins that that aren't for plebs, I guess their deal flows with all of their uh, their big huge um, um, deals that they're doing. You know wh where are they now? Their companies are are selling all of the Ethereum that they had. You know now Vinny of course famously sold his Ethereum right away. Uh, you know for cash, so that's actually kind of funny. Like he sold all of his shitcoin right away to make sure that his company can stay afloat for a few years. So you know maybe he's smarter than we actually thought. Who knows? But this is the reality of the situation: is that uh, you know the, the Ethereum network continues uh, to have problems. Uh, the investors continue to sell, and uh, we continue to in this bear market see who actually has clothes on when the tide goes in well during the bull market they were bragging about making money by you know dumping their shit coins onto retail investors so uh that's kind of like an absurd statement for Vinny to make of like oh you know i've got all this great deal flow which involves scamming retail investors <laughs> which uh, involves dumping all my bags onto you guys it's like what the hell thanks for bragging for that Vinny. thanks guy yeah and uh the, the the price of ethereum as we record this is crashing so hard i was i was joking with my wife earlier that it, it actually it might be a good time to buy 
That's yeah, how bad things have gotten. It's true. Like, it's funny. All these Bcash people, all these Bitcoin Cash people, they continue to, they're like, oh, man, I can't wait to buy into the turmoil in November. I can't wait to buy when the coin splits into three. It's going to be it's going to be a good value then, right? Uh, just, just, just some of this absurdity that I can't quite wrap my brain around. Uh, but this is what they're doing. And this is what they believe. And, you know, it's, it's a, oh, man, it's a powerful, denial is a powerful force, guys. It's a powerful force. And uh, people, people continue to use it. And just, just, uh, if I'd like to just get a quick one minute rant in there, like about no competition for, for Bitcoin, like you were saying, uh, Pierre, I mean, personally, people, they, they look at me crazy when I try to tell them this, but there is zero competition for bitcoin bitcoin is not competing with icos bitcoin is not competing with blockchains bitcoin is not competing with databases bitcoin is competing with the central banking cartel bitcoin is the most sound money we've ever had with a freaking payment system attached to it this is next generation space age freaking technology we're going to be sending bitcoin to the freaking to mars when we eventually move there and elon stops smoking weed and finally gets us there we are going to to be using bitcoin for that for that intergalactic currency okay and you have to understand that um you know bitcoin is it's so much more than a currency and maybe your viewers understand this already but you know uh, when it comes to sound money there is literally nobody competing with bitcoin they don't even dare try to compete with a sound money and a digital gold they 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 try to they tell everybody that we're that they're not a store of value right like ethereum we're, we're, we're not a store of value guys we're you know we're not even a currency we're just this uh you know application platform that's all but yet you know of course you can take your ethereum and go sell it for dollars and go buy ethereum for dollars and so uh, the more they maintain the shroud you know the more and and, and and the more this bear market continues the more we see again guys like who's left with shorts and so if you think that bitcoin is actually trying to compete with some of these some of these other currencies some of these other payment networks some of these other digital asset chains it's it's not even close guys the lightning network is what's going to crush most of this um appearing competition most of this what appears to be competition bitcoin is just going to crush and make completely useless so i just wanted to make sure that you know that i get that off my chest that people understand that you know bitcoin has no competition this is the the internet of money that is uh preaching to the choir with our audience and so i, I love that <laughs> that's exactly why they uh they tune I, in to the I noted podcast I didn't want to preach too much to the choir, but yeah, no, we, that's, a little bit we gotta, you know, a little bit we because we have to remind ourselves that we're not crazy. Okay, no, we're not crazy. Uh, I, I was joking because people will be like, "Hey, Pierre, why don't you have uh, skeptics on your podcast so they they you hear the other side?" I'm like, "Well, the whole point of my podcast is to have less noise, so you're you're asking me to uh, add noise to it, and uh, no, I'm gonna have Vortex come on and preach the good word about Bitcoin." absolutely man that's that's what we're here to do man we're here to educate and more importantly tell the truth like that's really what gets me up every day every morning is to see you know uh, what what kind of craziness people are trying to cover up and what truth can i expose what more more information can i bring to bear for the community what can i share that will uh, continue to prove that bitcoin is it that continue to prove that bitcoin will be our only answer out that bitcoin is the exit sign that we've been looking for for thousands of years you know uh this is uh what's important and again the truth guys the truth to get this information out is so important and buried in all this crazy noise and all this fat protocol theory you know uh, the the truth of these these horrible things like the bank of international settlements you know most ethereum people probably don't even know what the bis is right we've seen some of this one of this recent tweet storms from vj uh, trying to remind people 
of what Bitcoin's real competition is. It is the Bank of International Settlements. It is the Federal Reserve. It is these horrible, horrible uh, central banking regimes. And of course, it's technically gold, you know, a little bit as well. Uh, I mean, this really is the new digital gold. But uh, again, this is digital. This is gold with a payment network, something no other precious metal or, you know, no other traditional analog technology can even compete with. Agree. Agree. Um, all right. Michael, do you have any uh, additional questions for Vortex? Yeah, well, I mean, this is uh, getting a bit off topic from a lot of the other stuff we've talked about, but um, so you're doing the workshop and trying to teach people how to, uh, you know, get into the programming stuff, but given your experience podcasting, doing videos, doing tutorials, all of that, um, what are things, what would you suggest to people who are interested in, in producing this kind of content in the Bitcoin space? Uh, so um, just just to, I wanted just a reminder, you know, because you, you spoke about tutorials, just wanted to remind the audience that, again, you know, BTC Pay server does have this this great new tutorial with videos and everything to go check out. So I definitely still recommend, you know, everybody check out those tutorials and those videos. Uh, but to really, you know, to get started in the podcasting space, I mean, it just takes passion at this point. Uh, everything is so easy and made easy for you at this point with social media and YouTube. You know, you just create a new YouTube account. Of course, there's plenty of tutorials out there. I mean, you, you Google creating a YouTube account or, you know, creating a YouTube channel and it's just endless, endless, endless uh, information. So what really, there, since there's no barrier to entry at all, both in the information and the actual execution of creating, you know, your own brand, uh, it's just the imagination is completely left up to the person. Like it's it, the it's completely left up to uh, the end user and what they want to do and how they want to approach it. Uh, but really what I try to tell people is, you know, because maybe podcasting isn't your thing. Maybe you still want to help with Bitcoin. Maybe you still want to get involved in Bitcoin with Bitcoin somehow. And I just I just try to tell people to just do what you love, but do it with Bitcoin. You know, if you're a graphic designer, then maybe take graph maybe take Bitcoin for your graphic designs or start doing graphic designs about Bitcoin. You know, we've seen some people do that and be successful with it. You know, whatever it is, you don't have to be a developer. You don't you don't have to even be a designer. You don't even really have to be much into software. You could be a marketer. You know, we need marketing. Bitcoin doesn't have a marketing department, so we need people talking about Bitcoin uh, as much as possible. So really the big two fronts that I try to push people towards, you know, is education or that's the, that's the biggest front I try to push people towards really is education. Uh, it, because this is the number one thing that Bitcoin is going to need going forward. You know, in addition to more and more people, of course, more and more liquidity, really at the end of the day, we got to make sure that Bitcoin stays Bitcoin. And in order to make sure that Bitcoin stays Bitcoin, the Bitcoin that we know and love is, we have to continue to educate people and we have to continue to talk about it over and over again, whether that's in Twitter, whether that's in YouTube, whatever it is, there has to be a, a conversation out there that people can point to and talk about, uh, you know, and learn from. So. In my opinion, there's really, you know, to, to, to I encourage everybody, uh, if, if this is something that you think is cool, you know, even just try it, give it a try. If, if you want, if you, if you are passionate enough to, to tell the world what you believe the truth is, then go for it because YouTube will give you a platform. Twitter will give you a platform, um, to at least begin to try this out, you know, because guess what? You can't really fail. You can't do anything wrong. If nobody sees it, so what, right? Move on to something else, pivot, change, whatever you want to do. Just know that if you are passionate about something there will be an audience on the other side it just has to be it's 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 built into physics i can agree with that i can agree with that and why do you like it's interesting that um we are so self-motivated to just like do this even though there's no marketing department that's cutting us a fat paycheck to to do this and there it's really like an ideological thing for us so, like, where, where do you think that comes from? 
Sure. So I, I think because we're in such early days of Bitcoin, you know, and of course, it's right there in the beginning of the Genesis block, you know, uh, some of the motivation behind Bitcoin, right? Uh, uh, people bailing out banks and things like that. So, you know, w because that's sort of the um, the genesis of the ethos of Bitcoin, uh, that tends to attract those type of people that are aware of that, that that is even happening, are there are that are aware that that is even an issue, and so because we're in such early days, you can't just you know use it really 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 simple like your grandma is not using Bitcoin right now. So you know um, it's the early days. So what we find is that people become attracted to the ethos. People become attracted to uh, the mantra "Don't trust, verify." People become attracted to uh, uh, what they perceive as a solution, as an answer to something to one of the largest problems that we've had for thousands and thousands of years that only a very small percentage of the world is aware about. So in my opinion, I think really it's just because it's early days and, and, and it's the actual ethos uh, that attracts these type of people. It's going to attract the type of person that doesn't trust government. It's going to attract the type of person that doesn't trust money or that is unhappy with current money, unhappy with current economics, right? And uh, it, this is built into the ethos of Bitcoin. And I hope that with education, we can continue that uh, into the future. Because again, you know, in the future, uh, Bitcoin will be uninteresting. You know, in 2028, it'll be like talking about the dollar. It might be completely boring, you know, so we have to make sure that the education continues with, uh, you know, with the evolution of Bitcoin as it continues to bring in more and more people. If we don't do that, then it's just going to, of course, turn around to everything. It's, it's going to get perverted. It's going to get centralized. It's just going to get taken over like everything else has. I think that some of the other great things about the fact that it's the early days uh, is that pretty much anything you do, as long as it's not an attack on Bitcoin, is helping Bitcoin. And so pretty much anything you do that's not an attack on Bitcoin is going to get a lot of support from the Bitcoin community. Um, and even something like this, you know, we've discussed there's so many great podcasts out there, but, you know, a lot of people might come at that and think in, in such a uh, maybe like a crab bucket man mentality or something where it's, you know, viewing podcasts or something as, as very strict competition, especially when, you know, we have a lot of the same guests and stuff. But that's that's not at all how it actually is in practice. You know, all of us are actually good friends and we're all just trying to put really good content out there and there's almost no sense of competition. Yeah, I, I totally, totally agree with you. I mean, this is really, really important, guys. There's no competition between people like, you know, uh, Noted and, and then my, my CryptoCast Network. I mean, this is, uh, even Steph, uh, Stefan Lavera, we've recently re uh, interviewed some of the same people just back to back, but people don't mind because they know this is not about competition. This is about education. And so the more people talking about this with, with these people, the better. And so uh, I think that's really, really an important point is that uh, this is um this is a grassroots bottom up approach. So that means that we have helping hands. So if you have an idea, if you have something viable that could help Bitcoin, then you better believe that somebody in Bitcoin is going to listen to you. You better believe that somebody's going to help you out. Personally, I've helped several people, you know, in the space rise to a little bit more famous than what they were before. I mean, there's been I've I've been around for so long, guys, that I've had pretty much everybody on my podcast. I mean, Chris Berneski had 300 followers when he was first on my podcast. You know, I mean, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, Jimmy Song had like a thousand less than a thousand followers when he first got on my podcast. There's just a lot of these people uh, that grew with Bitcoin, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that. Um, it wasn't that they had to pay, you know, to get that privilege. It wasn't that they had to pay somebody or know somebody special. No, the community gave that uh, privilege, gave that um, that love to them because of what they did, because of their passion, because of their motivation. And that's what's really great is that this ends up being um, a, sort of a big meritocracy. 
you know, you really get in what you really get out what you put in. Yeah, and I, I enjoy I enjoy promoting other people's content when it's aligned with like what my views are because I, I I remember being asked by someone like about you know hey do you see other people's competition like vortex like I was like that's like asking if uh, you see the the person to your right and to your left in the trenches of World War One <laughs> as the competition it's like no we're we're a trying to survive together and be like the guys in front of us. Dude, they're the, I, they're the competition. Like they're the ones that we're trying to dominate here. Man, uh, I love that. I love that Pierre. I absolutely love that. I mean, this is, this is the trenches, dude. This is the trenches. The real enemy is the, you know, the bank of international settlements, the federal reserve. Those are the enemies guys. You know, it's, it's, this is who we're fighting against. Uh, you know, it's not Pierre Richard. It's not vortex. No, we are in the trenches together. And this is what's really, really important guys is that this is a grassroots, uh, thing that we're doing together and a meritocracy and we are going to help each other out continuously over and over again and that's what's going to that's where our strength is going to be derived from is helping each other is the community mantra is the don't trust verify is the help out uh helping hand you know and i think that's going to continue uh, into the future yeah and promoting other people is free too like it, it doesn't cost me anyone anything to like retweet someone who has like 10 followers and who's tweeting out good content like I want them to continue tweeting out good content and if them getting, you know, social media engagement helps th motivate them to do that, then that's a win. Absolutely. Win for everybody. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, I think we covered like all of the topics that we wanted to cover today. Well, maybe I just want to throw in one yeah, last yeah. point, you know, about the trenches, because that was just such a damn good point. I want to reiterate that one more time, yeah, guys. Please. We are in the trenches together. But, you know, I really got to quote Bitcoin Sign Guy again. I do this often, but I'm going to do it again. You know, we really are all just here to provide covering fire so Bitcoin can get out the door. So Bitcoin can get out the trenches, launch the freaking missile launcher and blow up whatever freaking people are, are keeping us down right now. That is the goal. And we will all, you know, per continue to provide covering fire so that Bitcoin can get out the door. And I don't see that stopping anytime soon. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll continue seeing people uh, jump on grenades and, uh, <laughs> you know, demonstrate other acts of bravery like that. Uh, but I actually no. There's a there's we, a really we can take good, this metaphor pretty far. I think we can take it pretty far. But there's a really good um, uh, meme that is a, a g animated GIF of Saving Private Ryan, which shows uh, people uh, you know d getting blown up by ICOs and all of this, and it's it's really entertaining. It's well done. Um, that's awesome. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. So please do, can please enjoy. do. I haven't seen that one yet, so that sounds good. Yeah. All right, uh, so yeah, Vortex, so where 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 can we find you online? Obviously, I think that most of our audience already knows, but just for the ones who don't. Sure, sure. I mean, and remember, guys, you know, you, you are you are Bitcoin maximalist, but you still do get a lot of listeners, you know, from a lot of the crypto space because, uh, again, you know, even the the people on other sides, you know, in Ethereum and stuff like that, they have uh, they're, they're, it's still early days for them as well, you know. So we're all we all have a lot to learn from each other, and so I, you know, I just want to make sure you guys know that you definitely, I'm sure, have Ethereum fans, have other chain, you know, Litecoin fans. I'm sure you guys got other people listening because um, the, these points that uh, that we make, the things that we're discovering, I think everybody is going to benefit wherever we find. You know, of course, in my opinion, we're, we're finding most of 
the answer is from the Bitcoin development. But hey, there's a couple other things that other coins, you know, have contributed as well. And so uh, at the end of the day, we're, we're all just trying to help each other out. And so I think that's a, an important point to make that uh, we, we need to uh, not, you know, tribalize so much. But again, Pierre, you have so many good freaking uh, tweets and, and, and uh, co- um, uh, presentations about Bitcoin governance. I highly recommend everybody check that out. That is uh, some good stuff because that this is this is where uh, we we can we can contribute. This is where stuff can can contribute beyond code, right? Is is ethics and is in governance and things like that. And uh, I think that that can be spread across coins, so not, not just for Bitcoin. So I think you guys have a bigger audience maybe uh, than you think. But anyway, I just want to get that out there. But guys, you can of course. Always find me on Twitter. I'm on Twitter way too freaking much. Uh, you can find me at at the one vortex, all spelled out at the one vortex. And of course, you can find uh, CryptoCast Network uh, always at at CryptoCast Net uh, on Twitter or CryptoCast.network, or just use a friggin' search engine and you can type in Vortex and Bitcoin and find anything. But uh, I, I'm always on the interwebs and my DMs are open. Awesome. Definitely highly recommend everyone follow at the one vortex on Twitter and um, we want to have you back on the show uh, and we want to hear about uh, more exciting uh, developments with uh, C Sharp and um, Nicholas and uh, BTC Pay Server and of course the CryptoCast Network. Uh, so hopefully, uh, I, don't, I don't know, do you want to rebroadcast this episode on the CryptoCast Network? You can if you want to. Yeah, sure. I would. I wouldn't have a problem. Definitely uh, putting it across the audio as well. I'm sure my. I'm sure the audience would absolutely uh, love to hear this. You know, this, the more uh, the more content talking about Bitcoin, the better. It's funny because, like, w- on our podcast, we try to get our guests to talk as much as possible, and so there were listeners of ours who like didn't know what we thought, and so then we put on to we we rebroadcasted some podcasts where we were the guests being interviewed. And they were like, wow, I really enjoyed that. Like, you guys should talk more during your podcast. It's true. Like, I mean, you guys, seriously, you guys need, I need to get you guys on my, on CryptoCast Network more, seriously. Because uh, you guys do give a lot of information, you know, when you guys are in the opposite form, when you guys are in the uh, the guest uh, yeah. form, you guys definitely give a lot of information. Yep. I agree with your audience on that. But I like being in the host role because it's, uh, it's less work, first of all. <laughs> oh, yeah. The person oh, yeah. talks the entire time. Um but also, it makes it feel less like an echo chamber. Uh, and lastly, I want to listen to my own podcast, uh, and that doesn't necessarily involve listening to myself talk. Uh, <laughs> not all the time. Not Come on, time. Pierre. Who, who wouldn't want to listen to you talk, man? Come on. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, there's always there's there's an endless supply of things to learn in Bitcoin. So we got to bring on the other people to help guide us through that world. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I, I want to do more episodes with uh, lightning builder people because they—it's funny how like they're—they're um, kind of like a group within Bitcoin, like they're their own community, the lightning yeah, community. It really uh, is, and that's it, interesting it, and, and how that's evolved. To, it's starting to evolve that way, and it's starting to um that it's starting to continue to evolve that way. So it's increasing. So we're getting like this, this bigger group within Bitcoin, which is this lightning group because, you know, lightning is fairly complex. It is a whole new protocol. And so there is a lot to learn in addition to just Bitcoin, but it's crazy because anybody that's in lightning is always going to be like a genius because they're already like past the Bitcoin technicals. And now they're getting to the friggin' lightning technicals. So it's like, you know, you talk to any lightning developer and you know that they're going to be on point. And so uh, I, I, my channel, the CryptoCast network has been doing 
doing a lot of coverage with Lightning, various uh, people working with Lightning, whether that's um, people working on the protocol itself or additional companies using Lightning. For example, I interview uh, uh, Shirtbits, who is who's actually trying to uh, uh, sell data per request over the Lightning network. So, you know, you can actually pay with Lightning, with Bitcoin, uh, per request uh, for, for data. And so that's, you know, so people are using Lightning that way. So it's just continuously blowing up. More and more people are being aware and beginning to use Lightning. And it's it's not it's not just an alpha thing anymore, guys. Like I, I try to tell everybody when, when it when launched on mainnet this earlier this year, when it launched in mainnet on March in alpha, like, or pretty much beta, this is the turning point. Like this really is, people don't understand. They don't know how big this is going to get with Lightning. And Lightning is, it's just going to be massive. Guys, if you think the World Wide Web was big, you haven't seen anything yet. Yeah, I think it's going to lay to rest like this ongoing debate about uh, whether like it's it's about a store of value or utility or medium of exchange. Like all of this like nonsense rhetoric that goes back and forth. It's like it's no, uh, you know, you you can use Bitcoin for payments and also uh, use it to. Uh, you know, save across time, but uh, it I'm, I'm looking me forward the, to getting rid of that debate. Yeah, dude, it reminds me of the early days of the internet where they're like, oh, all you can do is send text. Yeah. What kind of what kind of usefulness is that? We can only, with Bitcoin, only send seven transactions a second. What's the usefulness of that? <laughs> and people just don't, they just completely underestimate the evolution uh, properties of these technologies, how fast once you get on the internet, you can, you can evolve. Things on the internet, man, software specifically can just evolve at light speed rates and it continues to to baffle people the exponentiality you know the exponentiality of 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 software growth and development and evolution it's just it's a beautiful thing and uh, especially with open source i mean we're talking <laughs> it gets squared there's a lot of good videos i encourage your uh, cus- uh, your um your listeners to go check out about coverage of the bitcoin repo and in uh, the uh, visual representation of the growth and evolution of the bitcoin repo it's the most beautiful fantastic thing you've ever seen it's uh, definitely uh, a life like uh, it it resembles bio you know uh, bio processes so similarly it's just fascinating it looks actually it does look like an organism a microscopic organism evolving 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 and it's a beautiful thing to see Yes, and uh, I'm I'm trying to get a pull request merged right now in Bitcoin Core, and uh, boy, howdy, are they rigorous with their code reviews? <laughs> you think? <laughs> no, what, what no, are you talking I about? I, why why can't why can't I get my change pushed right away, Pierre? What are you talking about, dude? I'm like Roger Ver. I got like millions of dollars. Why can't I just why can't I just pay them to get my request uh, through just a little bit sooner? <laughs> All right, thanks for coming on, Vortex. Uh, we look forward to having you on again. I think that our audience uh, will love today's conversation. And uh, you can find the Noted Podcast on Twitter uh, at Noted Podcast. Uh, you can find us on uh, the internet, uh, noted.org. And you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com noted. There you can become a patron Uh, Becoming a patron means that you can watch us interview our guests live and you can submit questions for our guests and uh, if they are good, solid questions and not um, trap questions, uh, (laughs) we'll we'll, we'll give them to our guests. Uh, uh, So yeah, support the show if you find it to be valuable, if you find uh, that it's uh, improving your quality of life. And... uh, you can find Michael at Bitstein on Twitter, myself at Pierre underscore Rochard. Uh, I think that 
if you're into Bitcoin or crypto, broadly speaking, I think you should have at least an, an, a pseudonymous Twitter account that you follow people on to kind of keep up with what's going on in the ecosystem. Um, and yeah, go follow uh, Nicolas Dorier as well that we talked about a lot today, uh, BTC Pay Server. Uh, they are constantly tweeting out their updates. Uh, one of their developers, uh, his name is Rockstar Dev. Uh, he's, uh, he lives up to the name. He lives up to the name. He is a, and he's got a, a funny picture of uh, Bill Gates as his profile picture. I love it. All right. He, he does. It's funny. I love that guy. Y'all have a good one. Bye. I'm opposed to all forms of control. I am for an absolute, laissez-faire, free, unregulated economy. Let me put it briefly. I'm for the separation of state and economics. Just as we had separation of state and church, which led to peaceful coexistence among different religions after a period of religious wars. So the same applies to economics. If you separate the government from economics, if you do not regulate production and trade, you will have peaceful cooperation and harmony and justice among men.